Support for Serial comes from the John D. and Catherine T. Raytheon Foundation. Innovation. Devotion. Loyalty. Forget about tomorrow. Build the future now. Find out more at pizzagate2.com. That's pizzagate and the number 2.com. Super and WCUM New York, I'm Ari Kleinig. Aren't you glad to see me? This is Zerial. For the past year, I've been trying to find a woman who used to be on TV almost every week. But for some reason, no one seems to remember her. And there doesn't seem to be a good reason why. On December 13th, 1989, Launch went missing. It was the day the Saiyans landed. While all the news outfits were covering the destruction in West City, she was downtown in South City, having a drink at a bar. The bartender says she seemed distraught about the news, and drank heavily before running out into the street, never to be seen again. The people I meet who knew Launch will often describe her in similar terms. Two-faced, a split personality, Volatile. She'd have blue hair at one moment, sweet as can be. But minutes later, she'd have blonde hair, acting tough with a put-on Brooklyn accent. Have you ever felt like you're another person? Wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Maybe you have your favorite food for breakfast, but it just doesn't taste as good. Just as a fun, not-at-all-scientific experiment, I ask this question to some of my neighbors. I am. I'm different every time I wake up. Well, yeah, I think everybody does from time to time. Nah, I'm always me, dog. I gotta be me. Why are you asking me that? Are you asking the whole neighborhood? When are you gonna do something about your lawn? This case revolves around a woman who had that kind of day every day until the day she went missing. Some people believe one thing happened to her. Some people believe another. But what I found is so much stranger than I could have ever imagined. If you're not from the Satan City area, you may not remember Launch, but around here she was kind of a legend. Tall, beautiful, tough as nails. She would show up every week in the news, either as a mugshot or as blurry footage at the 22nd World Martial Arts Tournament, firing a machine gun into the crowd. Launch was always the talk of the town, especially back in June of 1986 when she robbed a treasure train with a bazooka, took a backpack full of loot, and blew up one of the pursuing cop cars with a grenade. It kind of shook up train news for that whole month. Nation, that gal spooked the whiskey right out my boots. This is Cowboy Sal. He's been driving treasure trains in the desert since the 60s. He's a tough prospector with a 10-gallon hat and a wide white mustache. Sal's seen a lot of action on the rails, but nothing shook him up quite like this incident. Can you tell us about that day? Tell you about it. Gee whiz, fella, I whistle you up a tune till the cows come home so they got something to prance a little hooves to. I ain't going to no city slicker sound studio, though. Here's fine. If there's no cactus nearby, there's no sale. That's what I says. Well, there are plenty of cactuses here. It's cacti. 
cacti, of course. Start at the beginning, if you don't mind. Well, it was smack in the middle of June. I remember, because Father's Day was coming up, and I was saving to get my pappy a new saddle for his bronco. Like every day, I drove a treasure train out of the station around 5 a.m. Standard procedure. Piles of gold and jewels and big stacks of money all together on the train. They all gotta get through the long, generic desert canyon to the bank on the other side. So so there's a big guy in a gray suit can touch all that money and laugh to himself. Not as common these days. It was the 80s, mind you. That's so interesting. And you drove the train? I I more added a Western flavor to the train. And when did you notice Launch? Around 10, I noticed her. When she curse-slammed the dang locomotive with her bazooka. There I am, playing Ole Miss with the trusted deck of cards I always keep under my hat. When quick as a snake in Dallas, everything's flying through the air. And we go completely off the rails. Wow. Was anyone hurt? Of course no one got hurt. It was only a bazooka. So I go back to check on the treasure car. I get in there just in time to see a blonde missy at the door with a sack of cargo. You'll note Launch had blonde hair. More on that later. She looks at me with a tough New York accent. She says, Thank you, sweetie. I'll be taking this, she says. And right then and there, I called the sheriff. I tell him, Sheriff, I am positive it was Launch. How did you know? Back in 1986, any cowboy worth his horse knew if your treasure train gets bazookaed, bucko, that's Launch. And if she comes for you, if Launch comes for your partner, you best hope she sneezes. And it wasn't just trains. That year, Launch had a bounty of $2 million on her head. Showing up suddenly at a bank or saloon in her blonde hair, which her friends called Bad Launch, and firing a machine gun at everyone in sight, leaving absolutely no casualties. It was impressive, her ability to fire into a crowd and never hit anybody. She was on the West City News almost every night. Until suddenly, she wasn't. But even with all that media attention and wanted poster infamy, only a select few people seemed to know anything about her as a person. In that way, she was divided not only into two personalities, but two different lives. One known, one mysterious. When people first realized Launch was missing, it was more of a story than you'd expect. Local 4 News at 6 starts now. Local terrorist vanishes. That's some very, very sketchy detail. Raised militant gone without a trace. Yeah, Kimberly, it's a simple question. Where is Launch? It was about a week after the Saiyans came and went. The leaves were changing, and Shichigo-san was right around the corner when police zeroed in on their primary suspect, Launch's boyfriend, Tien. The evidence against him wasn't exactly rock solid, but the moment they learned Launch had a significant other, they knew they had to do their due diligence. In law enforcement, it's an established truism that cases of missing women are easy to close the book on. Here's a clip of a friend of mine, a law enforcement officer in a different jurisdiction, who I asked about this. Missing woman? Nine times out of ten, it's the boyfriend. And what about the other one? Nine out of ten of those, it's a guy they fucked. And so police knocked on doors, asked friends of friends, but Tien was nowhere to be found. Just as Launch had vanished, so too had Tien. Maybe it was negligence, maybe it was lack of funding, or maybe it was just the most logical call to make at the time. But the police scaled back the investigation. They assumed Launch had just run away with Tien. Until 
almost a year later, when Tien came back, without launch. He started integrating himself back into his old life, palling around with his old friends, going to bars, fighting Garlic Jr. It was sketchy, to say the least. Police say it was one of the easiest warrants they ever got. Let's, let's go back a little, okay? Where did you go last November? I told you a dozen times now, I was in Otherworld. And where is that? It's in the next dimension. And did Launch follow you to Otherworld? Launch is no warrior. The tape is hours long. The police are lost, trying to get straight answers out of Tien. They ask where he was. He says nonsense. They ask what he does for a living. He says nonsense. The interrogation leads nowhere. And just as inexplicable as anything else about Tien, he apparently had access to a lot of money because he posted bail that day and disappeared to his country home. Fearing he might disappear again, the police start to really step on the gas. They bring in several of Tien's close friends and associates to try in vain to build a case. They brought in a few former martial arts competitors. I may not like him, but Tien's a good guy. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go babysit. A few current colleagues. How about you suck my dick, pig? I'm a prince. Where is my lawyer? Am I being detained? It's a lot of Tien's great and Tien would never hurt someone he loves. Everyone seems to be in agreement about Tien. He couldn't have been involved in Launch's disappearance. Everyone except one guy. Tien? That guy's a real three-eyed piece of shit, if you ask me. That's Yajirobe, an old friend of Tien's, and before you wonder, no, he would not grant me an interview. Tien and Yajirobe had known each other since they were teenagers. They weren't super close, but they had mutual friends. Yajirobe sold weed, and he and Tien would smoke together. The story he told police would become the centerpiece of their case against Tien Shinhan. Everyone says that Triclops wouldn't hurt a fly. What a bunch of load. Tien knows exactly where Launch is. She's in the cold, hard ground. And he's the one who fucking put her there, man. Yajirobe told police that Tien murdered Launch, that he loved doing it, that he bragged about it constantly. The DA thought this would be enough to land a conviction, and Tien was ordered to appear before a jury. He never showed up. So with the SWAT team locked and loaded, the police set out to apprehend him. What happens next is hard to believe. Tien evades capture. The stories you hear from the officers who were on the scene that day sound larger than life. The same way stories about launch do. Tien flipped them the bird, told them to suck all three of his dicks, made the sun come out of his face, and before they knew it, Tien was gone. His status today, he's technically a fugitive, but it doesn't seem like anyone is in a rush to find him. He's appeared publicly at high-profile events like the Cell Games, with little to no public pushback. It's almost like everybody just forgot. But why? There were clearly a lot of pieces left in this puzzle and no way to tell where they go. 
For one, at this point, I didn't actually know much about Lange. She's an infamous bandit with a bounty for millions on her head. She changes her hair a lot. She disappeared off the face of the earth. But that's it. To get to know a little more, I started hanging out at dives around South City, where we know Launch went at least once because it's the last place anyone ever saw her. I figured if I could find one person, I might be able to crack this thing open. As luck would have it, even after all this time, a lot of folks remembered her. Launch? The blonde bombshell of banditry? Uh, yeah, Four Eyes. I remember her. This is Katie. She's a regular at Corby's Saloon in downtown South City. She and Launch weren't close, but as far as she tells it, everyone at Corby's kind of knew her. There were two kinds of nights in this bar in the early 90s, all right? So one, you'd be minding your business, you having a good time, look around, maybe see a few dates. That's when good Launch was in town. A blue hair, a no scare. But the other, all of a sudden, it'd be like kaboom! Pew, 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 pew! Better get a new door. Somebody shot the door. The door has been shot off the hinges, and it's bad launch. Blonde hair, say your prayers. Sorry to interrupt. What's the malfunction, glasses? When you say bad launch. You don't know this? There's literally two launches. When she sneezes, her hair changes. I thought you were a fucking journalist. What, they just handing out those degrees? Now, I'm going to interrupt the tape here because this is big. By now, everyone knows Launch goes back and forth between two different looks. Weird, sure, but the way Katie is talking about it, it sounds like she would also turn into an entirely different person. Just by sneezing. Is that real? I didn't even think medically that could happen. As far as the regulars at Corby's are concerned, our missing woman is sort of two missing women. Uh, yeah, numb nuts. That's her whole thing. Corby, where do you find these jokers? I guess it's just a little hard to believe a person could change so much just by sneezing. I mean, look around the place, college. You see any pepper shakers in here? Although I know you're probably used to, like, a paprika. Fancy pants. It's true. There wasn't a single pepper shaker in the entire bar. 30 years later. He keeps them all behind the bar, and when bad lunch would come in, what would you Hey, what would you always say? Hey! He'd always say, he'd always say, look here, little bad launch, we don't want no trouble. That's how you said it. You said it like a little pansy every time, you little pansy, you little fucking daffodil, and you piss your little pants too. I have pictures, Corby. You must have pissed 20 pairs a month from the piss coming out of your little piss dick. You little piss. We used to all make fun of his little pecker. We had no idea that so much piss could come out of a little tiny baby piss dick. So she was here a lot then. And he'd go, bad launch. Why don't you eat this tasty turkey sandwich I made just for you? A personal turkey sandwich. And he put it on the plate. And of course, it's a loaded up with pepper to make her sneeze. He always liked blondes better. But then she'd always go, turkey sandwich? I'd rather see a turkey dance. And she'd just unload a machine gun rat-a-tat-tat at his feet. And he would dance and dance, dodging the bullets. And we'd laugh and laugh. We're just laughing. That's how you lost the leg, right? I'm trying to see if I can figure out where she went. Did she come to the bar with the same people ever? Depends on the night. She'd be with a baseball player, the mayor, a shape-shifting pig, you name it. Sounds like she kept a lot of company. Did her boyfriend TN ever come in here with her? 
tall guy, really big muscles, person of three eyes. No, we all knew about him, but he never came into a place like this. A den of error, he called it. No, but, you know, he was a great guy, so kind and deadly with his fist. Launch would always say, I tells you one bounty I gotta have is his sweet love. So do you believe the stories? Did you think he was capable of murder? Tien? Yes. Tien Shinhan, the martial artist. Yes. From the Deadly Crane School. Do you think he murdered Launch? Not in a million years, not ever. The police say he was really violent and that he could blast through a mountain with beams that came out of his fingers. A love like that only comes once in two lifetimes. I mean, look at this picture. I couldn't believe it, but Katie started digging through her purse, this big messenger bag covered with pins of bands, and she pulled out a printed photograph of Tien and Launch together. In front of this tiny pink house, I can't find anything about her online, and here's a clue coming out of this sobbing woman's bag. I always, I always keep it on me, so I can remember to live life like bad watch, looting and shooting, shooting and hooting. Oh, look at me crying on the TV. It's the radio, and you always have this? I want you to have it. You take it. It'll be worth it if I could just see her one more time shooting Corby with a machine gun in the legs, making him dance. Looking at Katie's picture of launch with Tien, I was hit by a wave of deja vu. What's so weird about this picture? Sure, it's a super buff man in fighting robes, standing stoically next to a visibly love-struck super criminal. They certainly don't look like two people who would murder each other. But that wasn't it. There was something else. And then it hit me. The way they posed together reminded me of another picture I'd seen. See, a few years ago, I was looking for answers to a different mystery. If you could believe it, it was an even darker one. Now, I have to watch what I say here because WCUM is a subsidiary of the Capsule Corporation, the producer of everything from interstellar spaceships to pocket-sized airplanes. The C in WCUM, of course, is for Capsule. They're a fantastic business, and I would never think to ever besmirch their good name on the radio show they are so kind to allow me to perform on their network. That said, some parts of the organization, allegedly, have been tied to, there's no other way to say it, shady stuff. In the late 90s, the direction of the wholesale household goods company took a sudden shift, an uptick in weapons contracts, increased secret cooperation with world governments, cutting-edge science experiments on the anamorphaline community, you name it. This moment aligns exactly with corporate leadership passing from eccentric company founder Dr. Brief to Bulma Brief, his more straight-shooting daughter. In particular, I wanted to know more about Bulma's youth, where supposedly she was completely missing from the ages of 16 to 22. According to people who knew the family, this is also when her personality completely changes. Now, a lot of folks change in their late teens and early 20s, but not a lot of them end up in charge of debatably the most powerful company on the planet. Back then, I called Bulma's office several times to arrange an interview. No such luck. On top of that, no one close to Bulma was willing to share any information on her either. The closest I could get was a photograph of Bulma, around 18 years old, with her then-boyfriend posing in front of, drumroll please, a tiny pink house. A photograph that looks just like this one. Oh, and her boyfriend? It was Yamcha, 
the all-star baseball player for the Titans, who incidentally was at that 22nd World Martial Arts Tournament with Tien. He won't take my calls either. On a hunch, I tried the office again, and the response this time was much stranger. Mrs. Brief has never heard that name before. Launch? Are you sure? Wait just a minute. Yep. Yes, she says that name definitely is not ringing a bell. She was all over the news. You know, Launch, the blonde bombshell of banditry. Nope, sorry. Is she there with you? Can I talk to her? He wants to talk to you? He wants to talk to you. No? Not now. What lurks in the shadows must never emerge. Just wanna... Okay, okay. No, I'm sorry, Mrs. Briefs is very busy. It'll only be a mi- Oh. So, that was weird. Before, she wouldn't even answer. But now, she's going out of her way to let it be known that she wasn't involved. Something doesn't add up here, and I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I think Bulma knows more than she's letting on. As if this wasn't a big enough puzzle, there's a whole nother box in the mail, and it's full of even more puzzle pieces. I was starting to suspect this wasn't as open and shut of a case as a lot of people had thought. The police may have lost interest in Tien, but I hadn't. Did he murder Launch? Or was he yet another misunderstood character, caught up in an easy-to-explain narrative? And where did Bulma fit into all of this? I was running out of stones to turn over, so I went to a mall in West City where people told me Tien used to get high. Sorry, I don't know who that is! If his name is Tien, I don't know anyone named Tien. I don't know who that is. World Champ has no time for radio, unless you are from Gas Digital, and then I'm being named the real ass dude of the week. Sorry, I beat it up with somebody I can't talk. Just when I was about to give up and go home, I bumped into an interesting figure outside of Spencer's Gifts. He said he was friends with Tien, and was happy to tell me all about him. So he set up an interview for a few days later. So what do we know about Tien so far? He's mysterious, that's for sure. Tall, broad shoulders, three eyes. Handsome guy if you can get over it. He and Launch dated, supposedly, but we can't really tell if things ever got serious enough to use that label. Not to mention that whole time, Tien was living remotely in the woods, at a compound with dozens of men all in uniform, dressed just like him. Doesn't that sound kind of like a cult? Is this the kind of person who dates? I was hoping this so-called friend would help clear some of these things up, but unfortunately for our story, the interview was less than helpful. Could you state your name for the record? Chao Tzu! Chao Tzu. What's your last name? Just Chao Tzu. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Tian Shinhan? Tian is the greatest warrior! Sure, his record shows he's a very capable fighter. He's as wide as I am, tall! Yes, super big guy, but... And tall! Taller than me. I'm small. You two are friends? The best friends in the world! We train together, we eat together, we even sleep together! Really? So you two were lovers? Of course I love Tien! He's the best! So, it seems like you guys are close. Must have been tough when Launch started coming around. Tien spent a lot of time with Launch. You sound sad. That made me sad. So what about when Launch disappeared? The day the Saiyans landed? 
People say she was seen at this bar in West City. Where were you guys? We were in heaven, of course. So you were together that day. We died in glorious battle and we went to heaven. Chaotzu was clearly high on drugs. I had heard rumors about drugs in this social group, supplied by Democratic Party donor Corin, so it didn't seem out of the ordinary. I decided to take a more direct route. Chatsu, where was Bulma that day? Uh, I don't I don't feel comfortable answering that question. If you want to help Tien, you have to tell me. Does Bulma have anything to do with the disappearance of Launch? This interview is over. Public radio sucks. Bring back car talk, you hack. Serious XM is gonna So I'm back at a dead end. Something happened. All of my instincts are leading me to Bulma. Her fingerprints are clearly all over this thing, but I have nowhere to go. At this point, I don't know what to do. Remember when I said this case gets so much stranger? Well, stay tuned. From Ballinat Super in WCUM New York, this is Zerial. Support for Zerial comes from Paycheck. Get your money when you want it with Paycheck. It's like payday loans, but it's a startup. Skip the bank, skip the check at pizzagate2.com. That's pizzagate and the number two dot com. So I left my interview with Chaozu feeling pretty despondent. By now, I'd spent months trying to track down Launch's friends and family, and I didn't really have much to show for it. Finding Tien's friend felt like such a huge lead, but it just led to nothing. I was considering giving up the case, packing up, and just leaving Satan City altogether when I got an anonymous voicemail. You're on the right track, but you need to be careful. There are dangerous players in this. Dangerous monkeys. There is another woman you need to look into. Her name was Maron. <laughs> Admittedly, I'd never considered this before. That maybe Launch's disappearance was connected to others? Full disclosure, I am a public radio broadcaster cosplaying as a detective, but it still feels like something I should have considered sooner. I started checking phone books, internet records, and newspapers for people named Marin, where I found the name kind of surprised me. Can you introduce yourself for us? Yeah, hi, I'm Krillin, uh, Satan City PD. Krillin is a bike cop around here. I'd actually seen him a few times before, riding his bike around town, waving at people. He's well known in the neighborhood. People seem to like him. He's a family man with a stunning blonde wife, easily twice as tall as he is, and a beautiful daughter named Marin. So what do you know about the launch case? Well, if memory serves, she disappeared in the, what was it, uh, the early 90s, I believe. Late 80s. Late 80s, that's right. Yeah, I remember she had quite a reputation around town, and then one day she was just gone. Never saw her on the news again. And what about Tian Shinhan? You fought together, didn't you? At the Takashi Budokai? Tenkaichi. Anyway, yeah, we, we knew each other from the martial arts scene. I, I 
wouldn't exactly say we were friends, though. Uh, but I don't even think I've seen him since the 90s. So this is going to sound insane. I've been investigating Launch's disappearance. I got an anonymous tip telling me to look into the name Marin. My daughter? Marin wasn't even a sparkle in my eye when Launch went missing. I know, I know. My logical brain is telling me this is a dead end, but I just don't have much else to go on. Yeah, no, no I didn't. Uh, hey, hey listen, Ira. It's, it's Ari. Yeah, I, yeah, I gotta run. He seemed like he really wanted to get me off the phone. Even with the lack of tangible evidence, it felt like I finally had something. I decided to follow up with him, so about a week later, I invited him to lunch. He went up to me and invited me to his house for dinner. We were having a cocktail, shooting the breeze, when I noticed an interesting picture on his wall and decided to ask him about it. Apologies, I didn't bring my gear with me to Krillin's house, so I had to record this segment on my cell phone. Wow, looking sharp, Krillin. I didn't know you knew Bulma. Oh yeah, Bulma and I go way back. The picture is of Krillin, wearing almost like a white zoot suit. He's standing next to Bulma, the richest woman in the world, and... And who's that with you? Is that Bulma's sister or something? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, hey, dinner's ready. Hope you like giant fish. So this is going to sound crazy, but... The picture is of Krillin, Bulma, and this mystery woman on a beach. And off to the edge of the picture, just out of the frame, was the slightest little edge of a little pink house. So this picture ties Krillin to Bulma, but the little pink house ties him to Yamcha, Tien, and Launch. But the thread I finally found to pull on that unraveled the whole thing is that mystery woman. Krillin told me the mystery woman was Bulma's sister, but what he didn't realize was that I had already met Bulma's sister. Hi, I'm a novelist, explorer, adventurer. And most importantly, not the woman in that picture. We talked for a while about writing reggae music, space travel, growing up with a genius for a sister. They're not the closest. They spend holidays on her super yacht once in a blue moon, but that's about it. We're starting to talk about city life when suddenly she drops this tidbit. Yeah, I mean, I gave up the city life a long time ago. Life's just easier on an island. Bulma tries to keep her presence in Satan City, but even she's always jetting off to that island to unwind. Sorry, you said that island. Like, one specific island? Yeah, that little island. She's been going there since she was a kid. Oh, so it was like a family vacation spot. <laughs> Hell no, I would never go near that place. <sighs> what was it called? Uh, Kame... Kamehame... Kamehame... Kame... House? That's a weird name for an island. Yeah, it, it's just a tiny island with a tiny house on it. And that house, you wouldn't happen to know, this is kind of random, but is it pink? It is. If you're looking into the launch store, you've got to go there. I mean, from what I remember, she was there all the time. Hello? Sorry, I'm just taken a little aback. Everyone I've talked to at your sister's office, 
all the tapes of her from back then. She's always insisted she's never met Launch. We chit-chat for another minute or so before Tights excuses herself. This is where it gets weird. I spent a few weeks reading about Kame House and the island's inhabitants. I'll be honest, the information available about it is, let's just say it's from dubious sources. A lot of the same people writing about Kame House are also writing about things like King Furry being from Papaya Island and Hollywood elites harvesting anamorphaline from babies. From what I was able to verify, the island is owned by a guy named Roshi. If you're a fan of martial arts, you may have seen him at the World Martial Arts Tournament. He started out learning from a guy named Master Mutaito. At some point, he meets Les Wexner, who helps him establish the Turtle School. He becomes independently wealthy, buys Kame House, and moves there. And that's all I could verify. That is... Until I went back over that footage of the 22nd World Martial Arts Tournament. And who did I see there, together? Bulma, Yamcha, Tien, Master Roshi, and Krillin. Krillin, what can you tell me about Kame House? Who is the woman in the picture? Coming up this season on Serial. It worked like a pyramid scheme. The turtle brought me in. I brought girls in. I transformed into a bat. Master Roshi is a lonely guy who likes to think he's a stud. Some of the most powerful people in the world all going to the same island. Bill Clinton. The Kennedys. Vegeta. And there's all these emails using the word turtle in just weird ways. How would you like to take a romantic walk with me around my island paradise? Serial is produced by Alex Patak and Jeremy Hammond. Our music is by Bryn Niebuhr. Our production manager is David Citrick. Alex Worldwide Keller is our security advisor. Fact-checking by Max Ogle. Animal handling by Emma Bowers. Special help from Ollie Thorne, Shannon Strucci, Katie Rose Leon, and Jake Young. Serial is a production of Ballin' Out Super and WCUM New York. <laughs>